All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Knollcast. As always, Bud, want to thank our sponsors that make this podcast possible. Great people at Tarpon Sellers Winery, tarponsellers.com. Coupon code Knollcast for 20% off. One of the better Cabernets that's made. If you're looking for a special occasion wine, uh, but some great whites and uh, just people that we are fortunate to be able to pair with and fortunate to be able to talk about a product that we both uh, enjoy. And a big thank you to them as we start our show off tonight. I had some tonight actually before this show. So it should be a, a fun and loose show. Maggie and I enjoyed the bottle and we, we love Tarpon Cellars, man. It, it's just, it's a great product and, and we love supporting Noel owned businesses. So uh, we know that's kind of one of the primary goals we have when we take sponsors and uh, very, very proud to have those guys supporting us. Noel Cash 20% off is that's the way to go. Let's do it. Spring game. I went in person. You watched some on TV, but it was also like hard to watch on TV. I let's go just kind of game management first, and then um, we could talk about what we actually saw on on the field. For um, sure. First of all, I want to give a shout out to all the fans out there. I, I tweeted this from the Nolcast Twitter account on uh, on Saturday, but I, I was really. Really pretty damn impressed with, with this crowd. It was uh, it was a bit of a cold day, but but ultimately turned out to be pretty beautiful. Uh, the wind, however, really didn't die down all day. There was so much other stuff going on that you could have stayed home for. I, and yet they had thirty thousand people show up to a spring game where the coach isn't new, and uh, it's not like you really have a star quarterback as an attraction. You had the Masters going on. You had opening. Opening day of baseball be Thursday, uh, as opposed to normally it'd be well before this, simply because of the lockout ended, right? So this was kind of your first chance to do a weekend series if you're somebody who wanted to go to a Braves game and the Braves were home, uh, or, or a Rays game. The Marlins, I think, were on the road. I'm not really sure what the Venn diagram is for the Marlins there. As I said, the Masters was on TV with Tiger Woods making the cut. Uh, as somebody who works for CBS, absolutely love to see that. And then you also have Easter weekend coming up next weekend. I know for a lot of families, if you're like mine, it's like, hey, you want to travel this weekend? Uh, no, like we're, we, we got Easter. We're, we're doing, we're going to see family for Easter the next weekend. And yet 30,000 Knolls still showed up. So I thought that was, that was really pretty cool. I, I don't know if it was uh, to go see the team or to go see G. Deckerhoff, which really cool tribute they did. Some of his you know, mo- most famous calls, he, he got to actually call the game as his send off and Obviously, we've talked about how awesome Gene is, and one of the last uh, kind of longtime announcers here with Larry Munson. Obviously, not not doing Georgia games anymore, and a couple of other guys like that. Uh, you know, touchdown and football time in Tennessee guy up yeah. in Tennessee. I forget his name, uh, but just a really, really cool, really cool scene there to, to see. You know, I'm glad I got to go in person to see that, and then you know, as a, as a, a brief negative for me on how the game was administrated. I, I thought about this tonight uh, as well as when I was in the stadium. I was watching some baseball tonight before we came on here. And in baseball, now they have the umpires uh, announce to the crowd what the call is that is being challenged on the field. It's just a good way to not have the people who are in the stadium be in the dark as to what's actually happening on the field. And if you watch the game, I actually don't know how much the ACC Network broadcasts this. They started out with two-point conversion drill. Okay. Well, it'd be really nice if you've been to a football practice, you've obviously seen teams do this. What's one thing you don't do in a two-point conversion? You don't throw the ball away, right? Because you have to score. It's a it's a two-point play. As far as I 
know. And I was, I was sitting in a box at this point and had the windows open because I was meeting with some folks. Um, I don't think they announced that in the stadium that they were starting with, with, with two point conversions. If they did, I, I didn't, I didn't hear it. And I heard some of the other in stadium announcements going on. So maybe I missed this, but I don't think so. I got a larger point here. I want to know, Hey, we're doing two point drill now. And then next we're going to do kickoff return drill and continuously tease. Hey, the, the main event coming up, which they did eventually, uh, will be Danny Cannell and Peter Bolwer coaching against uh, Brian McFadden and EJ Manuel in a more traditional scrimmage style format. Uh, but right now we're going to do kickoff return drills as the Knowles try to get better at special teams, blah, 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 blah. You had more information, I assume, if you were at home uh, than you did if you were in the stadium. And I just felt like we don't need to punish people who actually take their time and go to these games. Next time, if you're going to do a non-traditional format, I would uh, I, w- I would go ahead and, and tell people what's going on more consistently within the stadium. Yeah, in general, I think the from talking to people that were there, I, I had a family issue pop up last minute. I won't bore you all, nor is it appropriate the details. But this is the first spring game I've missed in a while, and that's unfortunate. But things happen, and life remains undefeated. Um, but there's not really like an appreciation for, you know, unless you're living in Tallahassee, well, we don't need to go into conversation about the commitment level that it takes to get to Florida State football games. And I know it's spring and I know there may be a little bit of an attitude like this is the fan base's one chance to see them. They should be happy. But I, I do think you need to tailor this more that's reflective of the 30,000 people that come and realize that it's a significant endeavor for a lot of people to come and to just run kind of a little bit of a a practice period there that you're not really sure what you're seeing. You're not sure why you're seeing it. Um, You know, maybe there's a little bit better way that they could run the actual game. I do agree with you. Everything that I saw that they did with Gene was awesome. You'd hope they wouldn't get that wrong. And um, I don't think they did. I think for, for the situation that that was and for a legend uh, that he is to announce that the spring game is going to be his last game. I think you did everything and more. And uh, so hats off to the individuals that were involved in that aspect of uh, what went on on Saturday. On TV, this is where you can kind of fill me in because I've not gone back and watched the whole thing. What was it's your just trash, game? man. I don't, have a, <laughs> yeah. I don't have many words to say. I mean, I don't, I know, I think Florida State bears some responsibility for this, I, but I, uh, just from a production value, inexcusable. I mean, you, you can, Go in, turn down a radio station and know for, you know, after you've been there for a month, like you don't run interviews over live content, particularly when this, I made a joke to Bud before we started the show tonight. Like, is there going to be another spring game in two weeks? Because from watching this broadcast with as much content as I missed, because we were looking at guys' faces who played 20 years ago, there's no reason you don't run a voice of Peter Bulware as you get to watch the actual friggin' football plays that we only have so many that we get to consume for the next half a year or, or four and a half months. That's really pathetic. I don't have, a, I, and I, I'm probably am a little bit more harsh because I've done, uh, we work in, we work in the I've industry. Done, I've done TV. I've been in front of the camera, but radio, I've done all sorts of behind the scenes stuff. And it, it's really is amateur hour from a production standpoint as to what you, the fan base experienced on Saturday. And I, I don't know exactly if it's ACC Network, I don't know if that's uh, has yeah. to do with in-house, but that's this is where I think it's on FSU. Inexcusable what you saw. I watched the North Carolina spring game in, in the box before the game, and I did not see them cutting away to interviews during live action nearly as much. 
I have a suspicion that this is partially FSU. It just felt so overproduced. Let the game breathe, right? It's the, it's the only thing you get to consume as football fans for almost half a year. Also, you've got, you've got to just let this stand alone and, and let it be. Do you know who's not watching this game? Casual fans. People are not dedicating their Saturday afternoon to watching a, a spring game. Almost, almost gave you a little, little extra editing work there. People are not dedicating their afternoons to watching a spring game on a beautiful Saturday unless they are seriously diehard fans of football. The people who are watching this game are almost certainly watching it because they want to see the team. Now, if you want to interview Danny Cannell, that's cool. Do it. And I totally understand here, like part of this is there's not really great breaks between the plays when they're running some of this tempo stuff. I don't know how good of the coordination was between the broadcast and the team or the pre-coordination as far as like, hey, when's a good spot for us to take a break here? It didn't really seem like the broadcast at times knew what was coming next. You know what I mean? As opposed to a more traditional game format. Or the players that they were talking about or anything. Else. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right in what you're saying. But there was a, there's a lot of drop balls. Uh, they're those they're trying out Aguayo there. I mean, obviously, like the kicking career is over. So he, I guess he's new. I, I think Ari is actually fairly good for in-house. Like I, I hired the guy at Tomahawk. I, I think he does a nice job. But, you know, he's, he's younger. He's improving. But, yeah, just overall, the product there was was kind of poor, and I just it just felt overproduced. I don't know who's producing it, but it's like, what, why why are we going to this interview and that interview right now? This is so silly. Mm-hmm. I, d- I just yeah. got my mindfulness notification on my, on my Apple Watch. I, I'm going to mute. I'm just going to rant. Yeah, man, a little disappointing as far as the presentation of the product, but uh, beautiful day. Everybody I talked to that went to the game had a great time. It was awesome tailgating beforehand. You know, obviously, got to hang out with Danny Cannell a good bit, uh, my co-host on cover three and probably more known to most of y'all as a uh, you know, former FSU QB great and played in the NFL for a while. I uh, got to see Daniel Glauser and his family. So that was cool. And a bunch of other guys as well. Saw Bullware on, uh, on Friday night at the rising spear event, by the way, that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, a couple other former stars stopped in and, uh, and got to see some of our listeners at that event who obviously if you went to that event, we kind of know how much you stepped up. And uh, because we, we talked about the, the limited capacity they were going to have. So that was nice. Had a little private rooftop event there uh, overlooking, the, well, they used to call it downtown get down, whatever they call it now, outside of Madso in Township, who uh, did a great job, by the way, this weekend, uh, hosting, rec- hosting recruits and making sure you know, all that was, was set. So shout out to those guys, of course, uh, continuing relationship with them. Uh, but yeah, man, like I think people had a really good time. I know the people who are hanging out in the box with you know, and, and seeing Charlie Ward and getting autographs. My guy I know for a while, Tom, he, he stepped up. He, he owns a law firm and, and uh, his, his kids came up to him and was like, man, we're just sitting next to Charlie Ward in a luxury box just talking. He's like, awesome. dude, this is, it's, like, it's just like a pinch myself thing. It's like, I, 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 this, is, this is so cool. Yeah. Uh, which, was, which was awesome. On-field play, I guess we should go to? We should. We should. Uh, which which one of the portal guys you want to start the conversation with? I, I think it's positive uh, in both uh, Benson and Verse looked really sharp. He kind of wanted to use this as a little bit of barometer for some of the uh, positive feedback you've heard. Oh, the Benson, the tape on Benson was, in my opinion, you know, conclusive enough that you knew you had 
gotten a good kid and maybe steered away for or that some of the injury concerns that were there didn't immediately present themselves and that he looks to be from a health perspective, somebody that's fully ready to stand out and Saturday only, you know, reinforce that. Uh, Verse is going to, I think, you know, what we've said about Verse for a couple of weeks is going to be really true. He's going to flash. He's going to make plays where, you know, your, your casual fan and your guy who's maybe an LSU fan waiting for kickoff uh, 45 minutes later, turns it on and goes, well, who the hell is this for? You know, who the hell is Verse? Where, where did they get this kid from? So, yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, you know, Verse is going to get blocked. It's just what I was trying to say, what we've been saying for a couple of weeks. He's going to flash. He's going to get blocked. And he's going to learn and continue to develop as a player. But uh, you certainly got a lot to work with there. And, and one of the better looking, you know, physical players that you've got uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Completely agree with you there. Um, I, you remember like two weeks ago when we were getting those DMs on, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Nolcast about like they're hearing Verse is not going to start? I don't really know where that came from, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I, I'd, I'd love to see start. the lo- absent injury. I'd love to see <laughs> the series of events that have him not starting. I mean, and this gonna, is from a show emerge. we like McClendon. Yeah, like, we so, do like McClendon. Yeah. But Briggs yeah. looks really damn good in the limited reps he played. Versus so, just a different level athlete than anybody you have there. Um, yeah. And good. Good on you. That was a great win for you in the portal. We talked about it. Uh, our belief and kind of confirmed by our friends over there that you did your work in the portal absent NIL and you beat a lot of good schools for first. So credit to them and uh, the Benson, as we've said for a couple of weeks, looks like the concerns that I had coaching staff did a better job of evaluating than that than, than I did. And that's probably how it should play off. And I tip my hat to them. So a good get there. Yeah. I, I, I think that'll work out pretty well for them. Now they have a running back room of you know, toe Philly, and Ward, Rodney Hill, did some nice things in the spring game. It's a spring game. It's basically like kindergarten graduation. Everybody's going to get a little bit of shine, and and uh, you, your parents show up to watch you, and they're hey, nice job. Great spring. You mentioned, like, you'd love to see the scenario in which Verse doesn't start. I'm going to throw another name at you. Under what scenario does Bless Harris not start? For you? Yeah, yeah. Um, where I was about to take it as well. When you look at some of the other guys on the line physically, Bud, and some of the other kind of eight main rotational pieces that I think there are out there, it's hard for me to look at Bless Harris and not see him starting. I mean, what that guy can do, I mean, it's just still some some work to be done. And obviously, a raw athlete to an extent that, you know, it's offensive lineman, and I more speak about this as a physical uh, perspective. I like the spring, but with offensive linemen, you've got like, four straight months of physical development where guys really can make, you know, jumps and really change themselves probably more than almost any other position, in my opinion. But what the tools, the raw tools you've got to work with there, uh, he and Atkins put in a good four or five months. I have a hard time seeing that guy not be your starter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Impressive. Good for them. I agree. Um, I thought Omar Graham was nice. It was cool to see. Um, it was cool to see McCall get a pick on that op- opening, uh, well, not series, but two-point conversion drill uh, combo, which was nice. Um, you know, I, I really feel a lot better about now. FSU's safeties. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had a guy, no, two actually, but have told me repeatedly, look, if Akeem Dent could ever just stay healthy, he's that same guy you saw as a recruit, bud. He just is basically his entire time here he said injury after injury, and not like huge, hey, he's going to miss 18 months type injury, but just can never consistently put together six, 16 weeks, you know, 20 weeks of 
healthy, able to train, able to work out consistently with the team. And and now he seems to have, knock on wood here, but got his body right. And him and Jamie Robinson, I think, is a very nice combo. I feel better about the safeties than I did entering this year or entering last year, I believe. And I, I like that a lot. Like That helps because I'm still not convinced you have great coverage linebackers. Um, and obviously last year they rotated everybody under the sun, including like Brennan Gant, to try to find somebody who could come down and fill. And now you have two guys I feel that uh, they believe are, are very capable of that. So safeties for me are, are a position that I, I'm feeling feeling a lot better about. Uh, and I feel like they're just very dependable and you can count on them. And another spot you can count on if you need a home loan is legendary team of Shannon and Chad. 844-FSU-LOAN, FSUHomeLoans.com. 844-FSU-LOAN is the number to call. I did my home loan and my refi through those guys. 300 plus NOLCAST listeners have done so as well in just a little over three years. It's been a great partnership for us and all of our extended NOLCAST audience. It's great rates, customer service, knowledge of the market, and, and a real passion. Uh, for helping people out, you know, I, I Shannon did my sister's sister's loan, and, and he called me to, you know, to thank me for trusting him enough to, you know, to do my sister's loan. So it's like, dude, yeah, like I'm not BSing the audience. Like I, I, I love you guys, and this is you guys really kill it for us. Anyway, if you need a home loan, hit those dudes up. What else you might need if you are FSU is a couple more things in the portal. The, the shopping list is not done. At the top of my list, man, I've had people over there tell me, bud, you're going to be wrong on Johnny Wilson. I'm waiting. (laughs) I'm waiting. I still want to see him get off press because you got those long legs, got those long strides. Doesn't really mean a thing. If you just get pressed the line scrimmage, can't get off. You can't can't really get into those long strides if you're you're still chopping. And uh, and the drops, of course, which I don't think have plagued them all camp uh, from what I understand, but maybe like the last week or so, just not catching the ball. If you're not a real speed demon, man, and, and like you don't get open a lot just on your own, I'm going to need you to, to catch the ball very well consistently. And I, at this point, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't, I'm not buying the hype at this point. Something that we uh, almost like uh, dedicated a whole segment to a couple weeks ago where we're trying to figure out where some of the positive feedback true, maybe not so, is it like, like, I don't think anybody's ever lying to us, right? But maybe a better perspective as to where it's coming from and uh, what else it means. Uh, yeah, certainly look like uh, there's some nice moments from Wilson. I've heard that he gets off the press a little bit better in practice um, than they maybe first expected him to. But uh, this is going to be another redundant theme to the Nolcast over the past two or three weeks. Biggest thing that happened over the last two or three weeks or months as far as this program and the on-field happenings of uh, what's going to transpire in August, September, October, November is what happened in Savannah, Georgia in an automobile. I mean, you know, you, you unfortunately, almost certainly wide receiver one is still kind of to be uh, TBD as to where Winston Wright's going to be with his elf. If a return is possible, when that would be. Uh, yeah, wide receiver still a question mark. And if you can go find something in the portal that you think is uh, in your three or four rotation, uh, I would pull the trigger immediately and just know that you had to spend numbers there and you got hit with a little bit of uh, an unfortunate streak. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think they that I don't, we don't need to guess at this. Winston Wright's a hit. He, he's a pretty 
damn proven player at West Virginia with a bad quarterback there. He caught a lot of balls and was very productive. I think he would have done nice things at Florida State. Maybe he still will at some point. Realistically, you can't count on him for this fall. Even if he's back in time for fall, what's the rehab been like? What what is the chemistry like with Jordan? What has the summer working out uh, been like? I think you need to go throw another body at the problem. I I agree with you. Offensive line, I don't think there's any doubt. You got to go take another one. Um, We'll be tied to a conversation we have in approximately three minutes. Um, Caden Lyles, I'm still not sure if he's a hit yet. Like, I'm not trying to be out here to spread negativity and say he's not a hit. I'm still waiting a little bit. Does he have the athleticism that they need? You know, I I, I was talking to you know, Adam after the spring game. A lot of you guys know him. One, one of my old Tomahawk guys. Uh, I think he's Coach AB or maybe O-line over there. One, one of the two. And we, we were talking on the phone about different stuff because he watched it on TV and, you know, much much like you. <laughs> what did you see it like when we weren't in an interview? And uh, I was like this. And he's like, the issue is, with Lyles right now, you really can't run your outside zone stuff effectively if he's playing center because of the foot speed and an agility issue. And you're not really sure you can play him a guard because it probably kills all your all, all your gap scheme stuff when when you're pulling dudes. So where, what can you do? You need to find some way to get Marie Smith to, to bulk up. Uh, eventually, I don't think we'll have a problem with that. This year, I'm very skeptical that he can add that necessary bulk that he needs to, although he's looking a little bit better since he doesn't have the, the back issue as much anymore. And then I think the other spot you use, assuming you have three or four, three or four spots, maybe linebacker, even though it's sort of a depth piece. And I just made the argument, like, would you take a quarterback just to be a backup quarterback? Would you take a linebacker just to be a backup linebacker? I don't think you really like what you have at linebacker behind your starting two, even though I think Omar Graham down the line could be a good player for you. Corner, we know they brought in uh, you know, Ugo, the, the the corner on, on the official visit over the weekend. So I think with that, they're not ready to take him. I believe. I think they'll wait it out and see uh, see what else they get. Maybe edge rusher. Well, I wouldn't hate throwing two bodies on the O line, man, or hell, two receivers. Yeah, maybe a tight end jumps in. You really want? It'll be interesting. You know, it'll it'll you'll have another little surge here over the next two three weeks as other programs in there. Uh, spring program or their strength sessions and getting ideas to kids leaving or whatever else. So uh, an area where we will turn our attention back and bud, that's a pretty natural segue to our conversation about a rather talented offensive tackle from South Georgia, who uh, would be a, uh, dare I say, perhaps transformational pickup if Florida state were to get him. So um, Marius Mims, I'll hand it off to you at this point. Yeah, Marius Mims, a uh, kid I, I saw a couple times in person as a recruit. One year so far at Georgia, not in line to start at Georgia, but from all accounts, uh, Georgia did want to keep him. He's a you know, former five-star offensive tackle and uh, legitimate six-foot-six type kid, three bills plus. One of those dudes, you sit down and interview him in high school at, at the uh, the Orlando uh, World Center Marriott there, and you're like, oh my God, okay, this is... You don't, you don't see a lot of, not a lot of people. Yeah. Sunday. You don't see a lot of dudes walking around like this. Yeah. You know, now is he a ready-made dominant offensive tackle? I don't know that. I I don't know that he is. He could be due to his, his ceiling. I haven't seen the kid play in 18 months, but 
physically, I think he has it. Certainly the fact that Georgia didn't want him to leave uh, would indicate that he has it. It's just Georgia's loaded and kind of recruiting at a a little bit different level, and he was not going to be in line uh, to be a starter there this year and, and maybe not next. And if you're going to make the NFL, it is kind of important that you get some reps uh, well, on the field. Yeah, and you went with uh, one offensive line coach that there's some players who will describe him as having the best relationships of their career with. And Stacey Searles, I don't think he's a bad offensive line coach, but you get very opinionated feedback on Searles when you talk to different people in the industry. And uh, I'm not sure the other kid that left Georgia is as much tied to uh, coaching change, but uh, Mims is a is a coach. Oh, the web kid? Playing time issue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do not think FSU would take Webb, by the way, for just to head off into Patreon questions. I I I uh I got an LOL on that yeah. when I asked somebody who I think would know. So here's the thing. FSU recruited the heck out of Mary Smims. Alex Atkins did a really good job recruiting him. We talked about it at the time, man. I mean, we we this this was the we first should go back and pull the clip. We should, we will. This is the first time in recruiting I ever thought like, you know, finishing in second, this may may set you up for uh, you know a whole different relationship here. Uh, I'll go try to find it. But yeah, you're right. Great relationship. You recruited the hell out of the kid with the idea that you, it wasn't uh, Evan Neal, part two, but you knew that you almost certainly weren't going to sign this kid. Uh, but you did have a great relationship and uh, location and relationship have certainly put you in a good place to grab him out of the portal, potentially. Uh, obviously, there's some others involved. And uh, I think if Florida State... Get Smims, you got to look at wrapping them up in the next four or five days. Uh, and I think if we're uh, potting on 418 and this is still going on, then uh, I would I would have my my trending direction in a negative one. I I would agree with that. I I want to pot on uh, on 414 and uh, and just just have this well, thing. We, we will be potting on 414, up. and if we can wrap this up on Wednesday and <laughs> record on Thursday, uh, that'd be pretty sweet. So. Right there with. So here's the thing. Like, I think he was very close with Alex Atkins when he was going through his recruitment. I'm not blind to the idea that that people still talk. It's not actually legal. I don't think Alex Atkins has been talking to Marius Mims, right? Like, that's not legal to do. Um, but I do think that relationship that he established with him, now that Mims is in the portal and now that you're able to contact him, I, I bet you they pick right back up where they left off, just like old friends. I'm sure FSU will communicate to him that, hey, uh, you will have to come in and work hard, but realistically, you can start and learn on the job. Because as we talked about in last May, we talked about how they really saw uh, Robert Scott as a guard long term. Like They think he can be an NFL player, maybe, but not as a tackle. So they see both of last year's tackles as guards. Yes. Interesting. I would, I, I, that's that's my understanding. In fact, I think Washington is maybe more of a tackle because of his length, even though he's a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you say, hey, look, you're going to have to keep wor- improving, working hard, but you can come start for a guy that you really, really like and that honestly, where the program was at the time when you're recruiting him and all the turnover and whatnot, by all rights, you, maybe you shouldn't get that kid, but you have the relationship with him with Alex Atkins. I also don't think there's any coincidence here that the timing of Rising Spear. So it, it cannot be an inducement, right? Risingspear.com. Check out risingspear.com. 
Uh, by the way, I'm told more than 400 people have signed up, including 90 new uh, this morning when the announcement of him officially going in the portal uh, came out. So, <laughs> as I said in our group text, uh, nothing like good timing, and this is a, a interesting situation. Yeah. They they want to set a goal of uh, of a thousand plus, by the way, uh, donors by May. So, if ever there was an impetus, uh, clearly, I think. Uh, Helping to fix potentially one of the positions that you've really struggled at in recent years uh, would would be that impetus. Uh, now, of course, FSU is not the only school recruiting Amarius Mims. He's going to be pretty well sought after, sought after. But there are some advantages here. Uh, one being that he cannot go to an SEC school unless he's willing to sit out the entire year because the SEC has the inter. Am I using this right? Not intra, right? Inter conference transfer. So you cannot transfer within the SEC and play immediately. Uh, unless you're in the portal by, I think, February 1. He's not going to be able to go to an SEC school unless he's willing to sit out, which I don't think he would be. And that does narrow it down quite a bit. Ohio State actually doesn't need any tackles this year, which is very fortunate. <laughs> I don't know what Oklahoma's doing. They're not an SEC school yet. But as far as like my contacts, they think this is FSU in Miami as of right now. Miami's obviously playing the NIL game extremely hard. I expect FSU uh, will also play the NIL game really hard here. And uh, you know, I, I, I think they will find a way to put a pretty competitive offer on the table. I don't know that you actually need to offer more than Miami is offering due to the relationship that he has with Atkins. But if you're a Miami fan, you could say, hey, Cristobal was a hell of an offensive line coach and has put a lot of guys in the league and you get to go live in Miami, which to a lot of transfers seems to be extremely... Uh, attractive and you know whether it's half a million or, or whatever it is per year I mean you're talking about a, a big time left tackle prospect both programs need them quite a bit I don't know we'll see what happens here I, I, I do think that we will get a decent read on a couple things one I have a feeling I'll know you know as far as how that goes down I mean, hypothetically let me throw this out there what if FSU matches whatever the other NIL offer is? Or not FSU, but Rising Spear. And you got a great relationship with the online coach and you still go elsewhere. What, what does that say about the opinion of the program held by elite players? I don't like talking like this and being like oversimplistic or fanish, but you got to get this kid. I mean, you really got to go make this happen for reasons to avoid conversations like that and the relationship and the distance uh, from where this kid's from, go do it. If you've got a chance, look, uh, look, he could come in and leave the program in 10 days. You know, nothing's a guarantee. Right. But if you get to fully have the potential to change the trajectory of the offensive line, do all the things that you've wanted to do as a program for half a decade plus, go do it. Go figure out a way to make this work and be as competitive as you need to. I, I tend to agree with your sentiments. I don't think you're going to have to win here. I think you're going to have to be competitive. And I think you're going to have to get this done fairly quickly. So I hope that happens. It'd be great if it does. And Thursday night would be a hell of a podcast if we get to talk about a, a commitment from uh, from Mems, certainly. Actually, I'm sure they'll be trying to get him on campus as, as soon as possible. I think the first day it would make sense is Wednesday. So I'll certainly be watching for any kind of announcement. On that, and uh, obviously, common sense says if you want to be a part of that, I don't know. Do you think you even need to write the name of Marius Mims into your donation field, or just football? And they'll probably they'll, they'll probably understand. 
I think just OT should do it. Uh, yeah. I think it'd be understood at that F-O point. F-O capital O-T B-A-L-L. I, yeah. 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 So, oh, man. So uh, hopefully Rising Sphere can some, grab some great uh, partners. It certainly sounds like they are uh, adding and, and have picked up uh, with a decent amount of momentum even in the past 72 hours or so. Uh, we've been fortunate to have a great partner for, uh, I think, three years now, approaching three years uh, with Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity. Just a, a wonderful small business service with all the uh, massive resources that are necessary to compete and be in that space. Uh, HR, payroll, accounting, whatever it is that you think uh, you may be able to have your business uh, run at a slightly more optimistic or slightly more optimistic level, a slightly more optimal level, or perhaps even significantly more. Uh, Matt Lewis is the person that we would love for you to spend five minutes talking with. Matt can be reached, Nolcast. <laughs> Matt can be reached, Knowles at congruityhr.com, or he can be reached uh, via the Nolcast Twitter account or email account. If you want to reach out, I'll do my best as a third party introduction, as many others have requested. And uh, this has been a great relationship. Congruityhr.com is the website. Matt Lewis is the guy, and uh, we give him a big thanks for the support that he's given the Nolcast. No doubt about it. All right, let's uh, let's keep making those great connections for people like the connections Florida State is making on the recruiting trail. A couple of rapid-fire updates here, and I'll just say them and stop me if uh, uh, if you have anything to add on any of these. Uh, I heard it was another great visit for Rod Kearney, one of their top offensive line targets this year, a kid who's high academic kid, very versatile player, You know, could be a tackle, maybe, uh, certainly could play guard at this level and play to the high level. Hell, honestly, man, if uh, if he could learn to snap, yeah, he could he could start you at center like as a true freshman. I mean, he, he's uh, physically well built, bright kid, family values, academics, uh, absent they, class, done a great job there. Absent reclass, I think this is my number one kid on the board for the class, but of high school kids, and I, I think this is a you go and get this. Uh, you've got a, a really great piece to work around, both both with a kid, but also a program guy. I mean, this is a guy that can have this is a guy that makes a room better because of his work ethic it's not doesn't always work out it's not perfect but when you get kids like this they raise the level of everything and um that would be a massive massive kid for them and they've certainly put themselves in a in a fantastic situation or a fantastic place uh with kearney and of course for for listeners at home ford and clemson are, are starting to kind of get in on him as well uh, but um, I, I do think Alex Atkins' relationship there that he's formed has been uh, been very strong. Wilkie Denod, defensive end, we talked about him on the latest uh, Noel cast. Came up, n- another strong visit there. I feel like they are in good position if they want to take him. Of course, I, I do think that uh, just from folks I talked to, kind of want to continue to evaluate and uh, keep looking at their defensive end board as we approach uh, as we approach spring. You know, the staff has never actually had a a true spring eval period because COVID hit basically as soon as they were hired and it wiped out the spring eval periods in, in calendar year 2020 and calendar year 2021. So uh, that will be interesting to watch. Do you remember a kid, by the way, that we talked about a couple weeks ago? And I was like, I wonder if this kid's even real or just like a fake kid or something. We've got two Maybe. kids like this. There's a kid in East yeah. Georgia. I can't, I can't answer that one for you, bud. Uh, but I did add this kid's name to the notes because. Um, he was there he visited and, yeah. uh, I had one guy tell me that he's not like, you know, <laughs> six, six, three, 10 or whatever. He's more kind of, 
six four, I think six four two eighty six or something like that was the number six four and a half, whatever. You know, the details aren't uh, exactly that, but that's a Kentucky kid. Evidently, there's um, there's some positive feedback from his family as far as yeah. Uh, this this is the kid whose family is huge FSU fans, and this uh, this is an interesting prospect, one a, a mystery prospect that has turned real, and uh, somebody that we'll continue to keep an eye on. I mean, it, it was one of the situations where he's in our 24-7 sports database. We have no photos of him. Didn't have a grade on him when we talked about him. The film, I was like, assuming this is him, and we watched it on here. I was like, assuming this is him, this is pretty good, but also, like, who knows? Like, I, I hope it's not a kind of fake kid. We were pretty good at not getting hit with those, you know? Uh, well, you're right. He was on campus, and uh, dude, 6'4", 280, that's, that's good work by you. Or two eighty six, you said like that's a DT. Yeah, that's not that's not a DN. That, that's definitely a, a, a defensive tackle type prospect. And, and when you you have him, you got what's his name up the road, North Carolina committed. You're still on the Hall kid from Jacksonville, who I, I confirmed over the weekend would still be a take. By the way, so uh, I think at this you pretty much any program in the nation would do this. But if uh, if you're in position to take three high quality defensive tackle prospects, you, you'll you'll go ahead and do it. And they, they really could be on the way, potentially, uh, to flipping that room. Because I was very worried about that room starting for the 2023 season. But you got some younger guys. Malcolm Ray is a decent piece. We'll see if they can get some consistent play out of Jackson. Uh, Jackson's already had some better flashes than I ever thought he would have here. Uh, consistency will be kind of the next name of that game. Daniel Lyons is somebody they think will be a very good player. And Bishop Thomas, not too bad. And Josh Farmer. You know, splash in the spring, spring game a little bit, so I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Especially if this goes well, if they get if they get get Clements and they're able to get Hall in, you're well on your way to flipping that room, and that's that's pretty impressive. Long way to go, but yeah, that's that's steps, a positive sign for them. Yeah, steps in the right direction. A uh, couple offensive linemen out of the Metro Atlanta area. Yeah, on, uh, on so uh, yeah, Jatavia Shivers uh, recent offer. Uh, six foot six from Villa Rica. Where is Villa Rica? Villa Rica, Georgia. But Villa Rica. Of course, Villa they Rica. call it Rica because yeah. it's Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know where Carrollton is? Over kind of on the Georgia yep. Alabama border. It's about halfway to Carrollton, about maybe 45 minutes outside of Atlanta. Halfway from you or halfway from Tallahassee? Uh, sorry, halfway from Atlanta and Carrollton. Okay. Got it. All right. So, it's Metro Atlanta. I mean, edge of it, but yeah. He's picking up a lot of offers. Uh, and DJ Chester, six foot five, offensive tackle from Eagles End and Christian. That's in McDonough. I do know where that is because I've, yeah. I've been there. That's uh, when the uh, the recent kid from Metro from Atlanta, whose dad went to my high school. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, um, uh, talking about him on the show. Yeah, Ebers. What, <laughs> what am I doing? This kid's name. Um, uh, um, on the Eagles End and Christian's legit school though. Like they're that's they've put out a lot of prospects of, of late. Ultimately, uh, I feel like FSU is in a pretty good spot recruiting wise right now for a you know, for a staff that uh, is having hot seat articles written about it. And of course, you can go watch my video about hey, Mike Morrell is not on the hot seat. I didn't put that out to help them recruit. I put that out because that's the feedback I get from the guys who I believe would be asked to write the checks if uh, if, if 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 that had to happen. I guess that's probably where we should go. Uh, obviously, I, I saw a lot of those type guys over this weekend, and uh, some some couldn't make it, but the, the sentiment from them is really, hey, 
Mike has a cogent plan. We believe in, in the plan. We're giving him more and more resources to make it happen in terms of staffing. They're not, they're not bothered by Watson leaving for Georgia Tech once they found out the circumstance of that. Obviously, two-year deal, big-time raise, gets to go home, be with his wife, and his son plays for Georgia Tech. So as just as we said on the podcast, like that, I think we would all take that offer and run with it. Um, and Apologies they just, to my man, uh, Bryson Estes. That's who he's, Bryson a, Estes. he's, he's okay. an Eagles landing kid uh, who I was trying to, trying to remember. But yeah, there you go. There you go. They are also very cognizant. Like the word that was basically is like Mike basically got screwed and lost a year to COVID. And everybody lost a year to COVID. But Mike specifically lost a year to COVID because it was a new staff without a lot of Florida ties, which is something we knew going in. They would have to overcome that challenge, but then they would throw in a pretty huge cur- curveball by being unable to go out and visit folks they had to do it all resume. So I, I think the important people who would be asked to cut checks if, if something like that happened are really viewing this sort of as year two for Mike, not year one, or not year three from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And as long as the results and how it plays out kind of remains in that uh, benefit of the doubt range, he'll continue to get the benefit of the doubt. If you win four yep. games, it doesn't really matter, you know, but uh, interesting situation there. No doubt about it. Uh, we will see how all of this plays out. Uh, I feel like it's in a decent place right now. Oh, uh, we, pro- we should probably talk Rodemaker. Talk, talk Rodemaker. I saw some things that tell me he's better than he was last year, but I'm still not convinced he's any good. Fair? I mean, um, yeah, I just can't. No, When you've seen, I don't want to say so much because I don't want to make more than what's out there, but when every game appearance you've seen of an individual makes you wonder as to whether or not he has capacity to play the sport, uh, you just need to see it. You know, obviously a yeah. great athlete. Dad was a high school coach. There's certainly some things there uh, that you think you can work with. They've just got to facilitate themselves in a game manner. And otherwise, I'm not really going to find a much of anything until I see it. No doubt about it. All right. Next show, probably a mailbag show, I would guess. Yeah, we'll do a mailbag show Thursday. Fingers crossed. Maybe we have some great recruiting news to talk about. But uh, we'll do everything we can to make it a, a great show, absent or uh, whether there's news or not, and just uh, appreciate y'all listening into tonight's show. If you're still with us 45 minutes into it, you are a P1 listener to steal a radio term and great, uh, you know, know that your listenership's greatly appreciated by Bud and I. So until Thursday, we'll be back uh, Thursday evening for another show. You know, there's only so much recap of the spring game we can do here, folks. We'll continue to go over it, talk to our sources, try to get a feel for where uh, the program is from a roster standpoint. Uh, but like Bud said, headed in a good direction overall. We'll enjoy a little bit of positive momentum and, and hope the program can continue to build on it. But until then, this has been the Nolcast. This has been the Nolcast. The Nolcast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith, music by Judson Wright, and produced by Justin Robinson. Go Knowles. <laughs>